Well, we're in a new series tonight called Make War, and um, I don't know about you, but it feels like we need to, you know, put on war paint and start watching Braveheart or something, um, and all the guys probably in the room are with me, all of you ladies in the room, possibly, and I don't want to be sexist, but maybe there's some ladies in the room tonight that are thinking, is this just a series for the guys? Is this just one of those things where we're going to be talking about war and battle and all that kind of stuff, and this is just a series for the ladies, all right? Now, let me, let me assure you at the top here, this series and what we're going to be doing over the next five weeks is, is vitally important for every single one of us, all right? It doesn't matter where we're at spiritually, it doesn't matter what grade we're in, it doesn't matter what our family situation is like, it doesn't matter whether we have a relationship with God or not, or where we are, guy or girl, what school, whatever, there is, there is incredible things that God wants to teach us over the course of this series, all right? So this is not just a series for the guys or a series for a group of people or whatever. This is a series for every single one of us that God wants to radically change who we are and open our eyes to see some things that I would say probably a lot of us haven't understood or seen up to now. And so uh, I want to encourage you guys to stay locked into us. Uh, over the next five weeks. Now, this series is all about what the title says, all right? It's about war, all right? So, it's exciting. I'm excited to see what, what God has in store. And here's what I want to ask you guys, and you don't, have to, you don't have to answer this, but as we're talking about this series and the idea of war, what do you guys think of when you hear the word war, all right? What do you think of? What images come to mind? What, what thoughts do you have when you think of the idea and the concept of war. Now, typically, for maybe a lot of us, we think explosions, we think gunfire, we think, you know, dead bodies laying in a field somewhere. Um, maybe we've seen the war movies, and we've got that scene in our favorite war movie of Braveheart or Saving Private Ryan or whatever that movie is that we've watched, and we've got that scene that when we think of war, man, we think of that one scene in a particular movie, and that just becomes, that, that's what we think about. Maybe it's not so much movies or things that we think of. Maybe it's not a literal war. Maybe we think more of a certain person that we're at, at odds with. Maybe we think of an individual or people in our school or maybe even our own family that we are at war with, so to speak. Maybe it's people that we think about. There's all kinds of thoughts and ideas when it comes to war, all right? And we could kind of be all over the map tonight, but one of the goals that I have over this series and, and what I, w- I hope over the next five weeks that we're able to do is all to kind of come into a, a single focus and an understanding and a mindset about the war that we're talking about. That we're all on the same page, that we're all in line, we all understand the kind of war that we're dealing with and the war that we're talking about. Because it is vitally important that we understand this war that we're going to be dealing with over the next five weeks. All right? So that's the goal is for all of us to stay locked in. Now, the first thing that all of us have to understand when we're talking about this series is that all of us are in a war. All right? Every single one of us in this room are in a battle. It's in a battle, it's a battle for our life. It's not one of those Call of Duty, make-believe, video game things that we love to play for like six hours every night and forsake our homework because of it. It's not, this is not a, a make-believe thing. This isn't a dream. This isn't some kind of idea or concept. 
this is the reality for every single one of us in the room that we are at war. We are engaged in a battle. And it's not a joke. It is a life or death grudge match. And here's the thing about this war that we're in. Some of us in the room are fighting hard. There are some of us in the room tonight that, man, we are fighting hard and we are winning this battle. We are winning the war that we're, that we're engaged in. And there are some of us, quite frankly, in the room tonight that are losing the battle. Man, if, if we were to be honest tonight, when it comes to the war that maybe some of us are engaged in, man, we're bloodied, we're beat up, and we are on the verge of losing this entire thing. That this is a serious thing that all of us are involved in every single day of our lives. Now, one of the things I love about this area and, and living in Atlanta is the, um, the rich Civil War history. All right, how many of you guys are history buffs? How many of you are nerds like me? All right, there's some of us. Um, I'm a history nerd, all right? You can make fun of me all that you want. I don't really care. But I love, I watch History Channel, and I love, I love history about, like, wars and stuff like that. I love flipping on the TV and watching anything that has to do with that. And so one of the things I love about this area is the Civil War history that's all around. All right, I love the fact that we could kind of drive in pretty much any direction, and we could come across some kind of a battlefield or an area or a a landmark or a point of interest that was a major, that was a major deal in the Civil War a couple hundred years ago. All right, and we could find out all of the, the history and all the understanding and all the knowledge of what went on. And we could kind of drive in any direction, and we could literally walk out on a battlefield where people bled and died for things that they believed strongly in. That they were willing to risk their life and risk everything because they believed so strongly in the cause that they were fighting for. And I love the idea of that. I love the fact that there is that rich Civil War history. And I was doing some, um, some research this week and, um, about the city of Atlanta. And I found out that early in the Civil War, most people throughout Atlanta thought that, that Atlanta was a safe distance away from the war. All right, early on, not to bore you, but early on in the, in, in the war, people in Atlanta thought that they were safe. Like the battle is kind of out there, going on kind of around us or distant. It's off in the distance, and we are safe where we are now. So I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to, to, to kind of stress out or anything because we are safe. The war is kind of out there. But it didn't take long before a lot of them realized it, and sooner than any of them thought would happen, the war was literally in their backyard. Now, I think there are some of us in the room tonight who act the same way. When it comes to the war that we're involved in, I mean, we think that the war is kind of off in a distance, right? We trick ourselves and kind of convince ourselves that war is kind of out there. It's going on, other people are engaged in it, other people are dealing with those issues, other people are going through that stuff, but man, the war is kind of out there, and I'm not really dealing with it. I'm over here, and I'm tucked away, and I'm in a safe place, and it doesn't really impact me. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And there are other people that it's even, um, it, it's even more dangerous, their mindset, is rather than seeing and understanding that there's a war going on, but feeling like it's off in the distance, there are some of us who feel like that there's no war going on at all. There are some of us who think, you know what, I don't, 
we've convinced ourselves or we don't really think that there's a war going on or, you know, we're not, we're not really concerned about uh, this battle that, that is all around us. We have no clue and no idea that there is a real enemy, that there is opposition to us, that every single day we are engaged in a battle for our lives. And as a result of that lack of understanding and that, you know, if we want to be naive about it, it can have devastating consequences for our lives. Now, we're talking about the, the Civil War history. The, the truth is this war that we're involved in is just like any war that's ever taken place throughout history. All right? This war that we're in, we have enemies that we fight against. We have a captain that we fight for. We have a banner that we fight under. And there, we have certain rules of war by which we are to govern ourselves if we expect to win. Now, what we've got to understand tonight is this war that we're talking about is not just a physical war. All right, this is not a physical war primarily that we're involved in. Primarily, this war that we're involved in every single day is first and foremost a spiritual war. It's a spiritual battle. It starts in the spiritual realm, but it impacts every part of our life. It trickles into the physical aspect and to the uh, emotional aspect and the mental aspect of our lives. That it starts in the spiritual, but it impacts every area and part of who we are in our lives. That's the battle that we're engaged in every single day. Now, let me ask you a question. I actually want your, you guys to talk to me, all right? When you think of war, all right, when you think of strategies of war, maybe this is for you Call of Duty nerds in the room who play this like all day long. Right here. When, when you think of strategies of war, all right, what is the first thing you have to do before you go into battle? you got to load your gun, all right? That's important. <laughs> you would be terrible if you shot blanks. What do you have to do? What's the first thing you've got to do before you engage in battle? Make a plan. Set up a defense. Gear up. Put on your armor, all right? I haven't heard it yet. All right, here, listen, here's the first thing you've got to do. Here's the first, listen, in any war, all right, that you're going to fight, any battle, before you go into battle, you've got to be able to identify your enemy, right? Yeah, it's a dumb moment for a lot of us. We've got to be able, before we go into battle, we've got to be able to identify who we're fighting against. All right? If you run out into the battlefield and you just start shooting at anything that moves, you will suck at war. All right? You will not be very good and you will start killing your friends and your, and your allies and all this kind of stuff. You will be terrible at it. So before you start running into battle and just start firing your weapon, you've got to know what, who and what you're fighting against. You've got to be able to identify your enemy. Now, we tend to think when we're, when we're thinking about this war that we're in, or particularly when we think about our enemies, we think about people. We think about that girl at school that's talking crap about us. 
or we think about that guy that pushes us around, or those people on our school campus that we just don't like, right? When we think enemy, who are our enemies? We start thinking of people that we are fighting against, that we're at war with, that we're at odds with. But in this battle that we're in, we're not fighting against people. All right, it's, we're not fighting against the, the girl at school or the guy at school that we don't really like. We're not fighting against, you know, people in our family or people at our job or other people in our culture. Our enemy is not people. In fact, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, I want you guys to go ahead and open there. Paul is very clear about the enemy that we're fighting against. And starting in verse 10, here's what he says of chapter 6. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his great power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can fight against the devil's evil tricks. Our fight is not against people on earth, but against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this world's darkness. Against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. So Paul says it there, look, our enemy is not people. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are not fighting against our neighbor. We're not fighting against that girl or guy at our school. We're not fighting against those people. Our fight is bigger than that. All right, our enemy is bigger than that. And so what we've got to be able to do first and foremost before we march into battle and we start making war is that we understand our enemy. And your first blank in your notes tonight is who our enemy is. Our enemy is Satan. All right, our enemy is Satan. Now, when we think of that, when we think of our enemy being Satan, we sort of laugh at that. We sort of tuck and go, our enemy is Satan? Like, is this some kind of joke? Like, you know, the guy that does this and runs around and that kind of thing? Is that, that's who our enemy is? And we sort of, we kind of laugh at that. Like, that's, that's not really all that, that big of a deal for a lot of us. And the reason is because a lot of us in the room don't really have a a clear understanding and a clear picture of our enemy and what Satan is like. In fact, when we think of Satan, we have a completely different viewpoint. Go ahead and throw that picture up on the screen. When we think of Satan, this is the kind of guy we think of. Right? Am I right? We think Satan is some fat guy in a red suit with a pitchfork and horns. And he's got some goofy grin on his face and a weird looking goatee. And this guy is our enemy. And we look at pictures like that and we have images like that in our head and we go, what is this about? This is, this is a joke. Like I'm supposed to be concerned with this guy? Like he's supposed to hurt me or something? And we automatically, because of our picture being that of Satan, we automatically downplay this whole battle. We think of our enemy and we go, you know what, this isn't that big of a deal. I don't know why we're dealing with this. I don't really know why we're talking about this because I'm not really too concerned about this guy. We don't really see him much of a threat. But check out what the Bible says about our enemy and how it describes him. 1 Peter 5.8. Peter says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. For he prowls around like a roaring lion, 
looking for someone to devour. So the Bible doesn't exactly describe Satan as some fat guy in a red suit, right? But rather paints a completely different picture of our enemy, the devil, Satan, is like this roaring lion that kind of roams about and he is on attack mode and he is looking for you and for me. Now, if you and I were to hop on a plane and go to Africa and we were on some safari and our car broke down and we had to walk for miles and all of a sudden we looked and there was a lion that was kind of traveling closer and closer to us, we would not take that lightly, all right? We would be freaking out and it would basically be, I can outrun you so you're in, di- in deep trouble, Right? We would, if, if we were thinking and understanding and having that picture of our enemy, that is not something that we would be taking lightly. That our enemy, the devil, Satan, is like this lion that roams about. He is looking for someone to devour. And that someone that he is looking to devour is you and me. Here's the reality for all of us tonight that we have to understand about what we're talking about. The enemy wants to destroy your life. Now just let that sink in for a moment. Satan, the devil, the enemy, your your enemy and my enemy wants to completely destroy your and my life. Like, completely destroy it. He will not stop until your life is over. He doesn't take a day off. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't let you catch your breath. He fights every single day with everything that he has, and he comes at you with full force and looking for one thing, and that's to destroy your life. He will not stop until he rips you apart and leaves you for dead. Now, do you guys understand what we're talking about here? And this this war that we're in and this enemy that is out to get us. And whether we want to be in that war or not, whether we choose to engage it, we're in it. We can't bow out. We can't go, nah, you know what? I don't really want to fight this war. There is an enemy that is out to destroy us. And he will not stop until he does it. And it does, we can do all the pleading that we want to do, and we can compromise and all that kind of stuff, but Satan will not stop. He will stop at nothing until our life is over. Ephesians 6, verse 12, and I love how the, the message version says this. It says, this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all of his angels. We've got to let that sink in tonight and understand this battle that we're in and this enemy that is fighting against us and it is coming after us. Again, this war is not against people at school. Paul says this is way bigger than that. This is way bigger than flesh and blood. We are fighting against Satan. It's a battle for our lives. 
We can't downplay it. We can't ignore it. We've got to take it seriously and understand that this war is at our doorstep. And we've got to be willing to fight. Let me give you a little bit of an example. How many of you guys like to play chess? All right, I may be a history nerd, but I'm not a chess nerd, all right? So I had, to, uh, I had to do a little research on this, all right? I've never played chess in my life, but I know enough about it, all right? For, for you, you chess people in the room, and even for those of you guys that don't have a clue how this works, all right? Game of chess, two people sit down, myself, another person sits over here, all right? Two teams, and the whole goal is to sit here and to study the chess, the board, the, the game of chess, all right? Study this board. And to move your team's pieces around to, to basically attack the opposition. And to get them into a situation where you can back them into a corner where you can call checkmate. Alright, now there are, there are a couple different ways you can win. But that's, that's the, the primary way. Alright, that's what you want to be able to do. Is to back your, your, op, your opponent into a corner and get to a point where you can call checkmate and the game is over. And you've won. All right, now that's the goal. And you can sit here for hours, all right, and it, you can watch paint dry or you can watch a game of chess go on, all right, and sometimes it can be about the same way. But that's how it goes, all right. Now, I want you to, to take that, that understanding about how chess works and picture this. Your life is like this chess board, all right. Your life is this board. And what we've got to understand for all of us in this room is that Satan comes here and he sits down in his chair. And he sits here and he studies your life. I mean, he studies everything about you. He knows more about you than you think he knows about you. He knows the things that you like. He knows the people that you like, the people that you don't like. He knows your successes. He knows the things that you enjoy. He knows the places that you go. He knows what school you go to. He knows everything about your life. He knows your struggles. He knows your areas of weaknesses that you think a lot of people don't know. See, Satan is very, very crafty. And he sits here at your life and he studies it. And he studies it to the point that he knows everything about you. Almost everything about you. And he does it so that then he can figure out a strategy in a way where he can move his pieces and surround your life and back you into a corner where he can call checkmate and the game is over. Where he can move the pieces around and find out your areas of weakness and the struggles that you have and the, weak, the vulnerable points of your life and he will attack those points. And he will move the pieces around and he will back you into a corner. He will get you into a position where you have no other option but to call checkmate. To throw in the towel, to give up, and the game is over. And here's the deal. It's not one of those things where you stand up and you shake hands and you go, man, that's a great game, let's play another one. See, this is your life we're talking about. This is my life that we're talking about. And what Satan wants to do is to back you into a corner and get you at a position where he can call checkmate. And when he does that, your life is over. 
And with each move that he makes, he is looking to destroy your life. He's looking to take things away from you. He's looking to cause damage and destruction to your life to the point that you throw in the towel and you give up and then he's got you exactly where he wants you. And he calls checkmate and your game and and your life is over. Now that's the enemy that we're talking about. That's the enemy that we're dealing with. And it doesn't matter whether or not we want to play or not. We're in it. And we can downplay it and go, ah, it's not that big of a deal. But man, Satan is so good and he studies all of our lives so much that he knows exactly how to attack us. For the sole purpose, like a roaring lion, to devour us and destroy us. And when we're talking about our enemy, there's three things in particular that we need to understand about our enemy. All right, And I want you guys to write this down. The first thing about our enemy is that our enemy is deceptive. Right, our enemy is deceptive. Here's the deal about Satan, and he is cunning and he is crafty. And the things that he uses to defeat us are enticing to us. All right, it's attractive to us. And a lot of times we easily fall prey to the, to the attacks and to the things that he uses to attack us. See, most of the time he doesn't attack us with fire. He doesn't attack us with fear. He doesn't run through the front door and go, hey, I'm Satan. I'm here to destroy your life, right? I mean, that's not what Satan uses. See, he attacks us with the things that seem harmless and attractive to us. And most of the time, it's not, it's not a physical thing. What he does is he, he attacks our heart and our minds. And he is so deceptive, and he does such a great job of it, that we rarely look at him as the enemy. He does such a good job of it that when we think about him as the enemy, we kind of laugh and go, ah, he's harmless, man. He doesn't do anything. Because he is so deceptive and so cunning and crafty. And he does such a good job of it that a lot of times when he brings about destruction in our life, when he looks to attack us and to destroy our life, rather than us looking at him as the enemy, we shift our focus to God and we start looking at God as the enemy. And you guys, we've got to understand, that is one of the major things that Satan uses to attack us. Is to get us, our, our eyes off of him and to start looking at God and go, man, God, why did you allow my parents to get a divorce? Or God, why did you let that thing happen? Or why are you allowing me to go through this situation? Or why does my life seem like it's falling apart? Or why am I going through these difficult times? And we start looking at some of the destruction in our life or some of the things that we go through. And rather than pointing our finger at the real enemy, Satan is so deceptive that we start looking at God and start blaming God. Satan is deceptive. The second thing that Satan is, is he's powerful. Again, Satan is not some scrawny guy in a red suit. All right, he doesn't carry around a plastic pitchfork. All right, that's not the enemy that we're dealing with. Satan, the enemy that we're talking about, is in charge of 
leading the cause of sin and destruction across the entire planet that we live on. I mean, he is a powerful adversary that carries out the mission and the cause of of destruction upon our world. And if you look at our world at this moment, if you flip on the news for five seconds, man, I'd say he's doing a pretty good job of it. And we can downplay him and, th- and, and think like he's, he's not all that powerful or whatever, but if you look at our world and what he's trying to do, he's doing a really good job of bringing about destruction in people's lives. And what we've got to understand is not only is he deceptive, but man, he is powerful. He is a powerful adversary. He is to be respected as a strong opponent, not dismissed as harmless. Now, if we were to take up to this moment and, ta- and, and have a full understanding that there is an enemy like a lion who's out there to destroy us, that he's looking to, to completely rip our lives apart, that he is deceptive and he is powerful, if we fully understand that, I think the, the, the natural emotion that we might feel next is fear. We might look at that, if we have a clear understanding and a picture of how powerful he is, we start to get a little bit fearful and go, man, if, if he's really that dangerous, then what shot do I have of standing up against that? And can I really fight back against him? And we start getting nervous and go, man, he wants to destroy me. And we start getting a little bit antsy and a little bit nervous and a little bit fearful. And if we were to stop at this point, man, this would be like the most depressing message ever. But there's one more thing we've got to understand about this enemy that we fight against. Not only is he deceptive, not only is he powerful, but he's also defeated. He's also defeated. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. When we choose to give our lives to Christ and follow him, God is now for us. God is now for us. Right? He is now our defender. And because of the cross, we are now freed from sin. Right? Because of the cross, Satan, the cross, when it happened, man, it, it defeated Satan. Now, Satan can still have victory in certain areas. He can still win battles. He can still attack our lives, and he can have a lot of victory in our lives. But ultimately, because we belong to Jesus, Satan cannot do what he most wants to do, and that's defeat us spiritually. He cannot destroy our lives spiritually. He can attack us. He can go on the offensive. He can have some victory. But man, he cannot do in, in us, in our lives, what he ultimately wants to do. Because Jesus has forgiven us and freed us. And because of what Jesus has done for us, God is now for us. We now stand side by side with God. God now defeats. Uh, defends us and fights for us. And because of the cross, Satan stands defeated and cannot ultimately do what he wants to do in our lives. Romans 8, 31 through 34 says this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? 
Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Jesus Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. 1 John 4, 4 says, My dear children, you belong to God and have defeated them. Because God's spirit who is in you is greater than the devil who is in the world. Now, I, I, wanna, I want all of us to understand what a, sh- a major shift the cross is for us. All right, if you are in the room tonight and you have never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, maybe you're, you're in the room tonight and you're still figuring out this whole God thing, you're trying to understand a little bit more about what this means, you've never taken that step and received the forgiveness that Jesus offers through the cross. You've got to understand that you are fighting against an enemy that by yourself you have no power to defeat. You are fighting this battle alone and you have no shot. And yet the the incredible thing is when we place our faith and, and trust in Christ, because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we are freed from the power of sin and we are freed from Satan's grasp. And now God lives in us and he defends us and he's for us and fights with us. And what a major shift this is because before the battle we, had, we were fighting alone and we had no chance to win. And now Jesus fights for us and we have no shot to lose. Do you guys understand how big of a deal the cross is? God is for us. And how big of a deal it is for us to trust Christ as our Savior and give our hearts and our lives to Him. Here's the main point for us tonight. In order to win the battle, we must first identify Satan as our enemy and God as our defender. In order to win the battle, we must first identify Satan as our enemy and God as our defender. And man, if we, if we start putting God as the enemy or getting that mixed up or not really understanding the role, who our enemy is and who God is for us, then we have no shot to win this thing. There are some of us in the room tonight, maybe for whatever reason, you have not come to a place in your life where you have received the forgiveness that Jesus offers. Maybe you've rejected the cross or you've downplayed the cross or you didn't really feel like you needed what Jesus did for you or whatever. And you've got to understand that if you fight this, you fight this battle alone and you have no shot to win it. And yet the opportunity for you tonight is for you to receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers. To be freed from Satan's grasp and to now have God as your defender and fighting for you. Giving you the victory that you need over the enemy.
for a lot of us in the room tonight, maybe for the rest of us, maybe we've trusted Christ. But man, I think there's a lot of us in this room that we have either downplayed this battle or we've ignored it or we felt like it isn't that big of a deal or that, man, you know, it's, it's, not, all that, it's not all that bad or I really shouldn't be concerned about it or worried about it or any of that kind of stuff. And we have downplayed this war that we're in. And man, I say this because I love you guys and we love you guys, every single one of you in this room. There are some of you in this room that Satan is completely kicking the crap out of you. Satan is destroying your life. Satan is attacking you. Satan is throwing everything that he can possibly throw at you. He has studied your life. He knows your weaknesses. He knows the things about you that you don't think he knows about you. And he is on full-on attack mode every single day to rip you apart. And he has deceived you to the point that you just kind of, it's, it's happening and yet you don't, you still don't identify who your enemy is and who it is that's causing it. And maybe for whatever reason you've reshifted that, redirected that, that focus towards God and you've kind of blamed God or you've questioned God or you've wondered what he's, do, what he's doing to you. There are a lot of us in this room that we are not taking this battle seriously. And we are suffering because of it. And man, my challenge to all of us tonight is we've got to understand we can't downplay this or ignore this or feel like if we just close our eyes, it'll go away and it won't be that big of a deal. You guys, we've got to understand who the enemy is and what his goal is. And understand that he's deceptive and understand that he's powerful. And take him seriously, but also understand that, man, our strength is in God. We've got to stop running to other things, looking for, for it to solve some of the problems and some of the reasons why we're dealing with the things that we're dealing with. And we've got to start looking to God to do the, the thing that only God can do. And that's defend us. And fight for us and fight with us. And to give us the things that we need and the strength that we need to start fighting back. To get up off the ground and to start fighting, about, fighting back and making war against this enemy who will not stop until he destroys us. And if we got to sound the alarm or you know, the battle cry, whatever we've got to do to say, look, there is an enemy out there that wants to kill us. God is the victory. Let's, de- let's depend on him, let's trust him. Let's rely on him, let's keep our focus on him, and understand that through him, we cannot lose. But if we try to fight this thing alone, if we ignore it or try to do it some other way, we will stand defeated. And you guys, God is for us, and if God is for us, who can be against us? Let's fight. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help us to understand tonight this enemy that we fight against.
He is deceptive. He is powerful. He will stop at nothing until he destroys us. And yet, God, our victory is in you. If you are for us, God, who could be against us? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so, God, for for us in the room that have trusted you as our Savior, have given our lives to you, God, you live in us, you fight for us, you are with us. And when we trust you, when we depend on you, God, you give us the strength and everything that we need to fight back against this enemy and to win the battle, win the war. God, I pray for students in the room tonight who have never trusted you as their Savior. God, have never come to a a point in their life where they've understood their need for the cross. And maybe for the first time tonight, God, they understand the significance. God, I pray that you would draw students tonight into a relationship with you. That they would walk from death to life. That they would understand, God, that in you is the victory. Pray that you would free them from the enemy's grasp, God, and that you would now fight for them and be for them. God, we love you. We thank you that you defend us. Thank you that we have a God who loves us enough to save us and to come to our aid, to come to our rescue, and to fight with us and for us. And God, we claim that and we need that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.